Good morning, everyone. Bob's asked me to talk on a rather tough subject today. Uh, and so if at any time something that I talk about touches a nerve with you and you feel that you have to leave, then by all means do so. I won't take offence, I'll understand. Um, maybe just give me a sign that you're okay, or if you're not, then we'll see about somebody helping you out. But before I get going, let's, let's pray. Lord God, I just pray this morning uh, that your words will be spoken this morning and that you'll communicate what you want to people to hear. Lord, I pray that uh, in the mess of life, through everything that we struggle with, that your love will be known and that uh, the vision of you will be a, a light to go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. I joked last week that I would spend the whole week working on this and then come Saturday I'd throw it all out and start again. And I didn't realise that that was actually what would happen. <laughs> so um, I felt the need to rewrite it. This is what I'm speaking on today. What do I do when I lose sight of God in my life? When I saw this, I had to save it. <laughs> because when I reflect on the nature oh, and what's happened to me in my life, I think that pretty much sums it up. And when I was a teenager, if you'd asked me, I, there was no way I'd have predicted that I'd be a chaplain in a school in country Victoria. Uh, but this seems to be how life goes sometimes. It, it gets messy. I was going to talk to you, uh, and what Bob mentioned last week was that I was going to talk to you about the brain and many other things, and I was scribbling trying to take notes as to what I was meant to say. <laughs> Uh, but I was going to talk to you about um, the brain, and particularly this little chap here, the amygdala, which is about the size of a pea, and it's surprising how powerful it has in the way that we uh, understand life, uh, our emotions, and how we orient around the experiences that we have. I was also going to talk to you about the belief systems and that there's a model of psychotherapy based entirely around this that uh, activating events that we experience get processed through our belief systems and out of our belief systems we respond and react, depending on what our belief systems are as to how we cope and respond to situations in life. But I felt that it wouldn't do justice to the topic. My heart's been burdened all week about this topic God in the mess. I felt talking about the mechanics of the brain and how we structure our belief systems wouldn't do justice and it'd be a lost opportunity. This morning, I've been burdened to validate and acknowledge that life is messy, that it's hard and it can be painful. <laughs> And it's been bugging me all week, and this was the main motivation why I threw out my whole week's work uh, to start again yesterday. Like the slide says, life is hard. How do we get our heads around it sometimes? How do we talk 
Two, or how do we understand the grandfather who has to bury his daughter? The cancer that strikes at just the wrong time. The accident victim who loses use of their limbs for the rest of their life. The person who loses their loved long, lifelong spouse. The farmer whose crops have failed. Again. The guy who has prayed for a partner for 25 years and is still single. There's no easy answer. I wish I could stand up here this morning and tell you a verse or a Bible passage that would make it all meaningful, that would bring everything into light, that would straighten the way that we saw life and gave us relief from our pain. But it's never that easy. Because the way that we talk to a grandfather who's lost his daughter is different to the way that we talk to and understand a single person who can't find their spouse. In the mess... Sometimes God can be seen distant. We can lose sight and lose our perspective. We can, it can make us question where God is in our lives. Sometimes it looks so dark that we can't see any light. The why question can become so overwhelming. This is not something new. This is something that people have had to deal with throughout all of history. And... I just pulled a couple of these instances on how much some of the people in the Bible have had to struggle. How long, O oh Lord, will you, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemies triumph over me? I can't speak for you, but I think I've read that passage quite a few times. Jeremiah, O oh Lord, you have deceived me and I am deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. And Jesus himself on the cross, my God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? These are the cries of hearts through all of history. And Jesus understood that we were going to go through pain. I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have great trouble. Everybody's pain is different and everybody's suffering is different. I can't say that one is worse than the other, but I know that everyone goes through it at some point. And God knows that this world is broken. The trouble is, how do we make sense of it? Sometimes, and I, I don't mean this to be... Uh, a quick and easy answer. But what I want to talk about today is the pain of growth. Um, see, David had to go through a very painful time before he was able to be king, and he led the nation of Israel through its most prosperous era. Moses had to spend 40 years in the desert, and I can't imagine it was all that easy. Jeremiah had to spend years in the desert and almost starved. And before Paul became the apostle for the New Testament, he had to spend time, uh, three years uh, in the wilderness himself. I don't think that these were ever easy times for people. And I don't think that your pain is easy either. And I don't want to make light of it. But I do know 
that it is through our pain that we grow. If we always stayed where we were comfortable, we wouldn't grow. I can only stand here this morning and talk about pain because of the pain that I've gone through in my own life. It is, although I'd never wish this pain on anybody, uh, I know that it's because of my pain that I ended up in counselling. It's because of my pain that um, I've sought to understand these things and I've sat with people in their pain. But this is my growth. I can talk to you this morning because I have gone through pain and it's been very, very frustrating and God hasn't always been clearly uh, in the picture. But I just mention that not to glorify the place that I'm at, in only insofar as to say that it's in our pain that God works. So what can we do? There are things that we can do. One is to pray. God is a big God. He can handle it. Tell him how you're really doing and be honest. One of the things I always take from that passage from David is that he did not pull any punches with telling God what he really thought. He was upset and he was in pain and he let God know. And so I'd encourage you, if you're going through pain, don't be afraid to tell God. Don't be afraid to let it out. He, like I said, he's a pretty big God and he can handle it. I've put up there a note, don't be afraid to feel the pain. I sometimes wonder whether or not there is potential for a theology in pain. A, is God, does God only exist when we're happy? Is he only in our lives when things are going great? Where is God in the pain? Pain can be an incredible motivator. It can be an incredible teacher. And so, although it is never an experience that I'd wish on anybody, don't be afraid of it. And tell God. Hold on to what maintains perspective. I've got some verses in my life that when things seem to get out of hand, I go back to. One of those is Romans 8, 28. For all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And as much as over the years I've, I've gained great um, encouragement from that verse, it has also caused me great frustration as well. <laughs> Another of mine, which I'll bring up later, is 2 Corinthians 2 verse 15. Uh, for we are the aroma of Christ. Uh, and that helps my perspective in reminding me of who I am and that I'm a Christ-like aroma. The first time I ever heard that, voice, uh, that verse, uh, I just had this mental picture that God was up there going, he's one of mine. She's one of mine. And so just that little lightheartedness provides me with relief. The reason I mention this is because I can't tell you the verses that will help you realign your perspective. But I encourage you to go and find them. They are there. They will correct or bring you back in line. They will encourage you. I, I wish I could tell you this verse is the one 
that makes everything seem better, but the ones that appeal, uh, make sense to me won't be the ones that make sense to you. Remember that things always look worse when you're in pain. The night is always darkest before the dawn. Some pain there will never be any relief from. And so I wish I could also stand up here and say, maybe tomorrow will be different, but maybe it won't. And the next point, understand what you're going through. I think helps with the remember that things always look worse in pain. Grief seems a whole lot more manageable when you realise that you're grieving. Uh, depression always looks much more manageable when you understand that what you're going through is depression. Sometimes it's hard to recognise that on your own. Sometimes it takes the outside perspective of somebody else. Um, but when you understand what you're going through, then sometimes it can be a little bit more manageable. I've come to uh, recently refer to August as melancholy month because by the time winter gets to August for me, I go through melancholy. I realise that uh, I don't cope very well with the amount that it's dark uh, and I don't cope very well with it being cold and I don't cope very well with being trapped in a, in a house all winter. Um, but they're the things that I've come to learn about myself that I understand that during August there are things that I need to put in place to make sure that melancholy month is manageable for me. And so I encourage you to understand, try and work out what it is that goes on for you and to understand what it is that you need to put in place to help you cope with your melancholy month. Lean on God's people. Talk to others about what's going on for you. I've put up there James 5 verse 16, and this one seems to get me into trouble a bit, but it says, confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. Now, there's a bit of a jump there, and so I feel the need to explain. When I read, read that verse as a child, I thought, be a man, own up when you've done the wrong thing, and just be prepared to take the punishment. And so I didn't particularly like confessing my sins because that meant getting into trouble or having to change. I've come to understand that verse in a very different light. Confession is a voicing or a giving voice to. Um, so I question, what am I trying to say? If I was to rewrite this verse, I would say, give voice to that which you struggle with, because that is where healing comes from. Unburden yourself to those that care. Allow others to care for you, because we're all God's people. How do I know that God loves me? Because his people do. Uh, I know that there are people that I can unburden my heart to, uh, that they're available there for me. And how do I know uh, that God loves me? Because 
Anthea keeps inviting me for dinner. <laughs> and Bob invites me and Anthea has to make dinner. <laughs> but the point I'm making is don't be afraid to lean on God's people because Paul refers to the people of God as the body of Christ. And I think the reason why he does that is because it's through God's people that he works. And so you, there are, I find that there are a lot of Christians really willing to help and really eager to help because they've been filled with the love of God. And so if you're in a moment of pain, I find it very hard to reach out to people, but I know that when I do, there are people there to help. And that's what I'd like to encourage you to do. And lastly, remember who you are. When I was in a very painful place about 15 years ago, the why question had me overwhelmed. I couldn't understand it. Why was God causing, requiring me to go through so much pain? And the counsellor I was speaking to said, if you ask the why question, you'll never get an answer. Keep your focus on, does God love me? So I pulled a couple of verses. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those that are being saved and those that are perishing. To God, you smell like Jesus. Having believed, you are marked in him with a seal, the Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. The day you believed, God put a deposit in you and he's coming to collect. And that deposit is the Holy Spirit. If you're ever in doubt, know that you have the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of your inheritance. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Now, I put the dot to dot, 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 because the things that he lists, although very relevant, I was hoping to actually take a little bit of license and fill in with, I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor the pains of life, nor the struggles, nor the frustrations, nor the things that cause us great pain will be able to separate us from the love of God. Now, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And this, I mentioned uh, some verses that help me maintain perspective. This is one of my favourites. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you redeemed from your empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but by the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. See, God didn't use gold or silver to buy me, and he didn't use gold or silver to buy you. He gave up his son to buy you. So if you're ever in doubt how much you're worth to God, he gave up his son. To me, that means I'm worth a fair bit, and I think it means that you're worth a fair bit to God too. I feel like only in just a few short moments I've had to cover quite a lot and I know that I'll never be able to cover everything. But I hope these things that I've covered will help you in your pain. If there is a pain that you're going through, then please share it. 
and I'm always willing to listen and help if I can. Let's pray. Father God, you know the pain that we have to go through. You know it's not easy. And you know that we're weak and we're broken and we lose sight of you. But Father God, I pray this morning that for all the things that we're going through, that you may be very real and that you may be very visible to us today. In Jesus' name, amen.